Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning and welcome inside high school sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri. Joined by Earl Schunk, head coach at Duville. We have uh, Frank Wolf from the 300 level and westernnewyorkathletics.com. Roger Weiss is in studio. All's good. Morning, guys. Morning, y'all. Well, Raj, I, I figured you'd be happy this morning because winter well, is back. It's about, well, it, no, it's not back. It's here. <laughs> it's this, all up. this premature weather. You know, spring's not for another week and a half, Anthony. It's about time we had weather that was, you know, conducive to the respective seasons. Marchuary. <laughs> oh, oh, heck no. Wait a minute. No. <laughs> Put them in line, no. Earl. <laughs> well, you know, it, as everybody uh, knows, this has been a crazy week. Uh, hopefully uh, anybody out there is crazier than usual. Crazier right? than usual. Hopefully you. you have your power back. I know uh, we went 28 hours at our house without power, and when you have two little kids, that's a whole lot of fun. Oh, yeah. You know, it was great up until, you know, the, we lost power at 1.30 in the afternoon, and, uh, you know, bring the kids, okay, we're going to make an adventure out of this. And by 8 o'clock, the adventure had ended, and it started to turn yeah. to fear. So they were really getting worried. And, you know, it was like, did my best to uh, keep them calm and, and warm. <laughs> Never went to bed. I stayed up the whole night, um, you know, just because you're sitting there and you're anticipating, all right, any second the power's yeah. going to come on. Especially since I saw a truck out earlier. Oh, yeah, they... No, it never did. So 28 hours later, we finally got it going. What was even funnier was a friend of mine says, I'm going to drop off a generator since my generator wasn't working. And I said, okay, great. He says, I'll be there around 3.30. He shows up, and by the time he got there, National Grid, it, it was down the street. I said, you watch, Jack. After you get this all set up, drive away. The power's going to come on. And sure enough, an hour <laughs> later, the power <laughs> came on. That happened with us, too. We... Uh Diana says, uh, why don't you start the generator? I says, why? The sump pump, there's no water in there and all that. I want a cup of coffee. So I start the generator up. She plugs in uh, Mr. Coffee, whatever that is. As soon as that thing's full, the lights came on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, seriously, though, there are people about a mile away from us over in the Cole Road, Ward Road section of Orchard Park that probably won't have power till late tonight. And oh, we know man. And it's cold yes. up there. Well, I'll give you an example. Our house was 55 degrees uh, when I got home. was a Thursday. And I was like, this is impossible. You know, again, I had gone this all this time without sleep and, you know, to try to fall, it wasn't going to work until uh, the power came by. And then, of course, you have everything to do. You got to do laundry. And the worst part about it for me was throwing away food. Raj, oh. <laughs> you know how much I hate to waste food. And I had just gone shopping the day before. Oh, ouch. Yeah, so all that food and the garbage. Oh, so miserable. But anyway, uh, 
We got through it. Now today, a little bit of snow. I'm actually going to get to use my snow thrower for the second time <laughs> this winter. <laughs> I mean, I could go without it if I really yeah, wanted I, to. I but, prefer not. <laughs> but I, I, I have to use some of the gas that's in it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sit in there. Best insurance policy in the world. You buy, buy a snowblower and never have to use it. doesn't get any better than that. Well, if you recall, last year I bought a new one, and yeah. I said we weren't going to get any snow. So I used it three times last year. Uh, it'll be the second time. To, I mean, it's not even broken in yet, and I'm You're still ne- paying on it. Yeah. <laughs> You're not one of those that are out there with a snowblower when the amount of snow that's on the driveway could be blown away with a leaf blower, are No, you? no, no. Oh, it has, <laughs> we have to leave at least three inches I of really, snow you know, to start it. All of a sudden, you hear a noise. What's that? And it's a neighbor two or three doors away using a snowblower on, you know, a trace of precipitation. Yeah, I get the broom out. Yeah, yeah. so. exactly. God put it there. He'll take it away when he wants. <laughs> Exactly. That's my theory. (laughs) All right, guys. uh, We usually start off with news and notes. Today we're going to push that back a little bit uh, because of a whole lot of things. But we're going to start the show off with an interview. And I've uh, invited a former WGR employee, uh, Dan Hager, is on the line. Good morning, Dan. Morning, guys. How you doing? I'm doing great. Long time no hear from. It's uh, great to talk to you again. And what we're going to talk about uh, today is your involvement with rugby. And it's something that you and I go back from, I want to say, even I think you were producing us and Jerry Hahn was a guest. And we were talking rugby and uh, the things that he was doing at Kenmore West with their uh, rugby club. And uh, you had said, you know, I played rugby too. So you and I got into a discussion about how we both played rugby and how we both loved the game. Well, since then, it's really taken off at the club level. Uh, You know, what what Jerry did at Kenmore West and and, Mm -hmm. uh, Cal Phillips and everybody else is just doing a great job in promoting it. Even though it's still a club sport right now, it is moving forward. And you're going to promote the Buffalo Cup, which will be rugby championship this year. Yeah, it's a... So we play um, high school high school rugby in uh, New York State. Plays under um, the the fathering club of um, Rugby New York, and you can check that out at rugbynewyork.org. Um, brand new website. All the teams' links to their websites are on there as well. You can follow along the standings and uh, scores on a regular basis. Season's about to kick off in about uh, a month from now. Uh, my my home uh, my high school club Grand Island will be taking on. Uh, uh, team over at uh, Canisius, the uh, Canisius uh, Varsity Club, which actually, uh, you talk about club sports, Canisius just promoted their uh, club rugby team to a varsity level. Oh, awesome. Uh, so Are they the first? To them. Are they the first um, one to go? Well, in the area, yes. McQuaid, in, McQuaid over in uh, Rochester is also varsity level. So the two private schools in our league are, are both varsity level. Um, the Now, Kenmore, the, the both the Kenmore boys and girls clubs have have really set the tone for rugby in Buffalo, high school rugby in Buffalo. Bill Conrad and, and as you mentioned, Jerry Hahn, a close friend of mine, uh, both have really taken it upon themselves to spread both boys and girls rugby in the area. And it's spread to Orchard Park as a team. Uh, South Buffalo now has a team. Um, the Grand Island Club, Canisius has a team. And, uh, again, in, in Kenmore. So what we're looking to do with the Buffalo Cup is get more of those games in Buffalo. So as of right now, we have games, uh, just talking from Grand Island, we have to travel all the way to Corning and Finger Lakes for, for a game. And those are, those are league games. And that's a track on a, on a weekend for these, for these sure guys it is. to take. And over the last couple of years, we've, we've begun to purchase buses to take on these trips because it's not a school sport. 
so therefore we we purchase our own buses and and use our own you know our own funding for that so fundraising is important as it's always been in the sport but what we want to do with the buffalo cup is basically get all the teams in buffalo playing against each other in their league still have non-league games with the teams in rochester with the teams even in ohio and pennsylvania but really get a core group of teams here in buffalo because this is really a hotbed for rugby in the area starting at the club level with the men's clubs, with the, uh, the former Lockport team, and now uh, South Buffalo Rugby, uh, the UB, or, I'm sorry, the um, uh, BRC Buffalo Rugby Club Old Boys, and also now there's a team in uh, North Buffalo as well. Those three men's club teams really pushing um, more opportunities to play then trickles down to the college level, which then immediately trickles down to the high school level. So in Buffalo alone, we have the most rugby players per capita in the uni- entire United States outside of Denver or outside of Colorado. Oh, cool! Which is where USA Rugby is actually headquartered. So Buffalo is really becoming a silent hotbed for rugby in the area. I mean, I Dan, it's I can really a combined effort. I can remember uh, back playing at Buff State in the mid '80s, and uh, the stands would be packed with people watching the games. Yeah. Yeah, it's always been a popular sport for people to go see. Now, when people go and watch it, they don't really understand what's going on sometimes. So I didn't understand what was really, going on, and I was playing. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's how you learned how to play at the time, right? Yes. But now, with more and more players coaching, um, I'm a, Saint Bonavent, a proud St. Bonaventure alumni. I played rugby at St. Bonaventure for four years. There are multiple St. Bonaventure graduates who coach rugby throughout the area. There are multiple men's club uh, members that coach rugby at the high school level throughout the area. Glenn Denoff with South Buffalo Rugby helps uh, runs the uh, helps run the seven one six program with Bowman O down in um, Orchard Park. You know that's a youth rugby. That's that's middle school rugby. Uh, fifth all the way from five years old all the way up through eighth grade. Uh, there's also Kenmore has a youth rugby program now. Right. Also under that seven one six conifer. Conifer. We have. Um, at Grand Island, we started an eighth grade club this year. Just put out a general interest meeting letter. Ended up having 10 guys come out who have no idea how to play. You know, it's brand new to them, but they want to try something different. So we've kind of adopted this club atro- approach. We've taken this, not look to become varsity-level sports, but really be part of a club, be part of something a little bit different. And what it's doing, Tony, it's, it's creating opportunities. It's creating a lot of opportunities for, for athletes to go and play a sport in college, something that they might not be able to do if they're on the basketball court or on the football field. They get to prolong their career. They get to keep playing. I went to a Saranac uh, tournament in Saranac two years ago, and there was a 60 and over team. And you had, a, you had two teams, 30, 15 guys on each team, all over 60. And that's pretty interesting to watch. Wow. They're putting me to shame. <laughs> <laughs> we always compare it to golf. You can always play rugby just like you can always play golf. <laughs> <laughs> I cringe at the thought of trying to uh, uh, you know, get down in the middle of the scrum again. Oh, my body aches just thinking about it. You know, I love the interest in it, and I love the fact that, it, that it's growing, and uh, it, it is a popular sport, like you said, and it's a lot of fun to play. You talk, you know, when you look at uh, – uh, college coaches who are saying we, we want multi-sport athletes. For football players, what great way uh, to keep in shape, to keep playing, yep. and having some of the same skill set they use on the football field, you can go and apply it to rugby. That's right, and that's what the opportunity it offers. I mean, uh, I know Section 6 is going to limit the amount of contact these players can get and the amount of plays, these guys, the amount of games these guys can get throughout the football season. Well, now we have a sport in place that allows them to work on those skills 
when they're playing, you know, in the springtime, you know, when football is only six months away. Gets them in the weight room, gets the endurance up, gets them running around. The important aspects of sprinting are involved. Everything is done that can really help, you know, build both sports. Ohio high school rugby has really benefited from this, and Ohio, Ohio high school football has really benefited from that relationship with rugby. And here's the other uh, the other thing too, more and more teams. Dan. The other thing to yes. look at too, uh, with the you know football and rugby is the shift now in football to implement rugby style tackling. Right. Jerry right. Hahn right. and I have conversation after conversation about the importance of being able to put the head to the side like you do in rugby to make a tackle. Pete Carroll, Seattle Seahawks, uh, talks about it. There are uh, college rugby programs right now where the the universities are going to them and seeking uh, tutorials on how to tackle rugby style. That's right, and it's it's a simple approach that puts the head to the side. We call it cheek to cheek, and USA Rugby has really taken it upon themselves to push that tackling and get it get uh, proper tackling to all the coaches. I know a good friend of mine, Nick Mauer, over at Canisius High School. He had the football coach at Canisius High School come to him looking for some tips on high school rugby, having coaches come and or I'm sorry, having players go and see how rugby tackle is, tackle is done, how the technique behind it is done. And uh, Dean Santorio at Grand Island has you know, been, a, been a big proponent as far as uh, helping me with understanding the football tackle and understanding um, um, different aspects of football that I can bring into rugby to help those players that play both sports. So it's, it is, that connection is coming. The biggest problem that we've had, and this is probably where, where you could come in, Tony, is that is that that culture changing that culture i'm sure the culture of rugby was a lot different when you were in college than it what it is today oh and, we don't need to go there <laughs> and that's the thing and that's been that's been the challenge of bringing that because we don't want that culture to go away because that culture builds love for the sport it's i'm in a, i'm about to go to an event right now with the south buffalo rugby team uh, the club i was part of when i played and we do things with the women's team and the men's team, and we all get together. They just took a 60-person trip to Barbados, Spain, for, for games. Whoa. 50 people, men and women, making a trip together to play rugby, but not to use it negatively. You know, we've brought that culture down to the high school level. After games are played, we have a dinner afterwards with the opposing team. We get pizza, we get a meal. Some of the mothers and fathers put together a nice spread. So after the game, we get to talk about it and get together with the other players, meet the other players, because then when the players go to college, they play against each other more. And then maybe they're on the same team, or they're on the same team when they get to men's clubs. So that culture is still alive. It's just not as uh, extreme as it was uh, when when you were probably playing, and when I when at the beginning of my career. Well, the similarity is is that you know when we w- would finish a game like you just mentioned, uh, we would get together with the opposing team, and there would be a party afterwards, and it was great because you you get to talk to and learn about uh, you know what they do at their school and you know about their lives. And a funny story is when I played at UNLV, we were playing a team from uh new zealand and they were 19 and under national champions well they came up here and cleaned our clock on the field 
But afterwards, they were asking us questions like, okay, what casino do you live in? I go, what? Their impression of us is that we all lived in the, in the casinos. They didn't know that Las Vegas actually had houses. Sounds like they were pretty well scouted. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, so I, I thought that was funny, and it was neat. And it was a, always a good time. You know, and even at Buff State, when we played Bonaventure, we got together afterwards. When we played UB, we got together afterwards. That would have been easy. To, uh, if you played Bonaventure, everybody know it would be the Seneca Allegheny Casino. <laughs> well, usually it was at Buff State. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it is a, it is a it is sort of a cultural diffusion. The, we are spreading that culture, and when new guys come into play, they tend to really enjoy it because it is different from other sports. The culture is different. It's not just going and practicing and going and playing games. It's more than that. You feel as though you are part of something, and that's something that the coaches in this area specifically really push to build, both at the high school level, at the college level, and at the men's club level. Push to get the most out of each athlete athletically. Get, push the most to get out of you know each athlete academically, and then also allow them to have a good time while they're doing it. Sure. And that's that's what we push, and that's a really big, you know, that's that's really our our whole motto behind why we enjoy doing it. A lot of these coaches are not being paid for their time. It's the pure love of the sport. Right. You know, it's the pure love of it, and I'm sure it relates to when football was on the rise and basketball was on the rise in the in the 40s and 50s and, and football way before that. Is that people do it because they love it, and that's, that's what you right. get from this rugby culture and it's really interesting to be part of and, and to watch and it's 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 I enjoy it more and more every year I can tell you that and you know the the height the, at the college level UB Bonaventure both just played uh, just both had teams out in Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Sevens tournament and more and more rugby in the area they're both part of division 1A rugby which uh, you know along with Penn State and Army and Navy and Wailing Jesuit and all these bigger schools the college game is growing, becoming more of a national game. It's more publicized. NBC Sports puts a lot of games on TV for people to watch. YouTube does a great job with games. So now we can see it. We're seeing the growth. It's really a, a really interesting thing to watch, having come from 15 years ago what it was at and how the culture of rugby and what it's growing into today. Dan, with the popularity that uh, Sevens is having, and you mentioned NBC Sports, and uh, a lot of the success they have in showing the Sevens uh, tournaments, and you mentioned that they went and played in, in Vegas. Is there any talk of uh, Sevens at the high school level? Uh, we do have Sevens tournaments after the 15 season. So the way it's set up right now is there's JV teams, and the JV teams play 10 on 10. Uh, until numbers pick up, and now uh, fit, and then it's 15 on 15 for varsity level games. But then there's also um, two scheduled in Buffalo, two scheduled sevens tournaments coming up. Um, I know South Buffalo is putting on one, a Can American tournament. We have teams from Canada and from America playing uh, at both the men's club level, college level, and high school level. Um, so there is more and more sevens. Sevens is a more exciting game. There's more scoring. People really tend to enjoy it. I think that's why it was in the oh, it's Olympics. Yeah, it's a wide open, multiple, wide yeah, open you play game. More games too, and you play more more games as well in the uh, you know as the games. I'm sorry, you play more games in a day as well. You can play you know four four sevens games in a day. They're shorter games, uh, less grueling on the body, and they're exciting to watch. The Olympic tournament was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it really is. I love sevens, and uh, we used to practice it. You know, we'd start up in the spring, and while we're in the gym, it's really tough to, uh, you know, put a scrum together. So a lot of what we did was sevens. Yeah, 
and it's it's exhausting. And the National Sevens Tournament, uh, College Tournament, will be on uh, NBC Sports here coming up. I believe it's in Philadelphia this year. Cool, cool. All right, we have one question. And uh, Frank wants to know: Is there any rugby bars like we had the masthead at Buff State? Whenever the game would end, we'd all shoot over there. Are there is, is there a one spot that uh, uh, that you guys like to get together at? Well, there's with the three different men's teams throughout the area. There's there's multiple get-togethers, multiple places you go. Um, we go over to Flying Bison. The South Buffalo team goes to Flying Bison. That's generally where we do a lot of our our we'll call them meetings. And uh, we also, uh, I mean, I always like going to Coles. Yes, that's another one. <laughs> yeah, and Coles is great because you can talk to guys that played 40 years ago. That's right. They have great stories, and 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 also talk to guys that are playing, you know, playing today. So oh, that's awesome. Coles is always a uh, has always been a kind of a rugby hotbed for for guys. That's that's where I'll go to hear some stories at least. Awesome stuff. Hey Dan, best of luck with the Buffalo Cup and all the uh, the rugby clubs out there, and just uh, have a great season. Keep us posted. I mean, we got our Facebook page, and I know, like I said, Kel Phillips does a great job of keeping people updated about yeah. camps and clinics and things like that. Keep it coming. We'll do, and we really appreciate this opportunity to get on and, and talk about rugby. This. I had the connection with you, Tony, but I'm not speaking on behalf of myself or Grand Island Rugby or South Buffalo Rugby, the teams I'm affiliated with. I'm talking on behalf of all Western New York Rugby, and and it really is growing, and it's really exciting to be a part of. Great stuff, buddy. Great to talk to you. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right, you too. Dan Hager does a great job. Love talking rugby with him. All right. When we come back, we're going to get into some basketball talk, uh, lining up Section 5 versus Section 6 time, boys and girls. We've got hockey stuff to get into. We have all that and more on Inside High School Sports. We're back and listening to Inside High School Sports. Roger has to boogie, so we're going to jump and do things a little bit different. Yeah, can you picture Roger boogieing? That's a scary thought. No, <laughs> Earl's no, backing up. No. <laughs> Roger has to split, so he's going to get us updated on uh, on the girls before we jump to the boys' side of things. So let it rip, Mr. Weiss. Okay, Monsignor Martin last night downstate. Uh, Sacred Heart and Class A was successful. They move on to the state championship game for the Class A Catholic High School. Uh, Cardinal O'Hara lost in the double A. Not a surprise. Double A in the Catholic schools down there. You're playing against the best of the best. And also Narden dropped a decision last night in Class B. So our only hope for a uh, federation uh, participant from the Catholic schools will be Sacred Heart if, in fact, they can win this afternoon. Uh, in about a half hour, the five, the Section 6 versus Section 5 girls games start taking place at Buffalo State. At 11 o'clock, Amherst will be playing, uh, I believe it's Pitt Menden from uh, uh, Section 5. Now, Pitt Menden is rated probably one of the higher teams in the states. Anthony, you know how I feel about the state uh, rankings. Actually, they compare apples to oranges and all that. So I don't take a lot of credence. Uh, Amherst probably is the underdog, but what Amherst has done in the last week or so, I think they're ready to play the game. They've knocked off Olean, uh, Lakeshore, and Will South in their last three games. That's that is, impressive. That is not too shabby at all. <clears throat> Excuse me. Claire Wanzer is playing. Uh, 
She right now is borderline, well, one of three girls, along with the two girls from O'Hara, should be the three finalists for the Player of the Year in girls' basketball this year. And she's got a supporting cast, uh, a couple of freshmen that are helping out, not the least of which is her kid sister. Uh, Excuse me, I said freshmen. I think they're eighth graders. Oh, okay. So they're, uh, I like Amherst's chances. Amherst brings their A game, I think they can win. One o'clock, that's a different story. Clarence is playing against uh, Mercy of Rochester. How good is Mercy of Rochester? They beat Bishop Kearney for the Section 5 championship. And I think we all know about Bishop Kearney. They are scary good. Rochester, Mercy beat them. Let me put it to you this way. If Clarence wins the uh, game this afternoon, then I think... uh, An investigation should be... No, no, I think Gino Oriamo ought to step down as coach (laughs) of the uh, UConn Huskies and let Aaron Booker step in because she will have deserved it. Uh, Clarence has got their hands full. Uh, They played the third of three good games. They beat Frontier in the rubber match this year. Chances are if that was they played Frontier in a best of seven, it would probably go seven games. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to the Lady Red Devils. And uh, Frontier, hold your head up high. Uh, next couple of years are looking good because they have a very young team. Boy, if they could get any kind of height, look out. Uh, the 3 o'clock game will be the uh, Class D game, Panama. What can you say about them? Once again, they knocked off Franklinville with the Haskell sisters and all that. They're playing well. They were a state semifinalist two years ago, state finalist one year ago, state runner-up, actually. And then uh, this year, again, by the luck of the draw, assuming they get by the game this afternoon, they could go to the state finals once again. Do you Pan- like their chances? Oh, yeah, I like their chances a lot. Panama, oh. well-coached. The question they had this year was replacing the two guards they lost a year ago. Uh, it's worked. They got better as the year went on. In the beginning of the year, I wouldn't have given them much chances, but they just built themselves up and got to the peak at the right time. So I like their chances. The uh, That would be the 3 o'clock game. The 5 o'clock game will be Class C. Uh, Frewsburg, I like their chances. They got three players. They are not a one-girl team. Uh, their sophomore, Gabby Ayalaco, hit a three-point shot with two seconds left at the tie game. And uh, Olivia Lynn, their big girl, playing real well in the postseason, along with uh, Catherine. Uh, oh, I can't think of her in the last name. But they, they have three players. The uh, cla- uh Section 5 Class C team cannot concentrate on one thing. It's the real deal. And the other supporting cast off the bench, uh, Coach uh, Collier rotates nine players in and out. Would be ten, but one girl he lost to injury earlier, you know, near the end of the regular season. I like their chances a lot. And then the team, I really like their chances. The uh, 7 o'clock game tonight, Fredonia. Boy, are they peaking the right time. They've had a good, tough schedule all year long, they beat Wilson in the crossover game. Hey, if you beat Wilson, I got news for you. You're good. Yeah, you are. And uh, they won the uh, final, the, what is it, the B1 final as well against the Pew. Uh, great coaching job by Coach Circle. Uh, Coach Gay at the Pew has a tendency to play six players at most. And Coach Circle at Fredonia rotated seven, eight girls in and out. She had fresh players on the court at all times. It showed at the end of the game last uh, Sunday at Buffalo State. I really like uh, uh, 
Fredonia's chances, and Hannah Seibert never ceases to impress me. She's getting better and better. I'm almost to the point, depending on what happens today, I might move Hannah Seibert up as the fifth person on my uh, all-Western New York team. Wow. So uh, I like, you know, other than Clarence, I like everybody's chances today. Yes, Clarence, uh, excuse me, Amherst will have to bring their A game. But other than that, I'm looking forward to spending next weekend at Hudson Valley. Outstanding. Well, best of luck to our girls today. I hope so, man. And hope get out there and support them. Okay, Fill the yeah. gym. All right, let's get updated on the boys, Earl. We had uh, uh, interesting week leading up to today. <laughs> yeah, I spent it. I spent a day back and forth in Rochester with wind and everything. Watching the A game, it was canceled due to wind. Then it was rescheduled. Then it was canceled again. Then it was rescheduled again, and it's moved around. And now the sectional final site, the the regional site, has been changed. Yep, because of the wind. It's at Genesee Community College. Right, not Rush Henrietta. Rush Henrietta apparently he still has some power issues. Right. Uh, so they're going to play. They're playing the same the same way. They're clearing the gym at least once for the Niagara Falls game with uh, Fairport. That's not starting till nine o'clock because of the anticipated crowd. And they've done a lot of pre-sale tickets, and apparently there aren't a whole lot of tickets left for the the double A game. And the only way to get them now is to be at the A game at the end of the A game. They're going to sell the tickets until they're sold out. How right. does the uh... The difference in the seating capacity at JCC compared to Rush Henry. I think they're, from my recollection, it's pretty similar. It's not a whole lot different. They were going to, they had, they had anticipated this. This was something they anticipated before. They were going to do this, clear the gym because they know Fairfort brings a huge crowd. I saw that last Monday at Blue Cross Arena and, and also Niagara Falls always brings everybody and they need, including like, the band, including <laughs> the band. Absolutely. And the band plays on. <laughs> were you surprised at the falls getting this far? No, actually not. Uh, I mean, it was a pretty even, uh, all the way across, uh, double A this year, but the falls played really good defense and they did against Lancaster again and they scored enough points to hold them off at the end. Today they're going to be at, they're going to have their hands full. Fairport's a, a really solid team. They have uh, four or five guys that are going to be playing in college next year. Their their guards the, the the advantage they have is they're they're big. Their their guards are like six two six three, and the falls don't really have any real tall guys that match up well with them. Their forwards are six two. Well, six, well they're they're actually they have they have a, a center who's uh, six six who was one of the difference makers in. Uh, in the game at uh, Blue Cross Arena, his name is um, Ryan Algier. He's six eight, actually. He's kind of skinny, but he he was very effective. So the Falls is going to have to score some to to keep up with them. The one thing I will say is the Falls played uh, University Prep really tough at, at early in the year, and U Prep gave uh, Fairport everything they could at, at the uh, at the Blue Cross Arena final. So it should be. I think it'll be a good game. I, I would give Fairport a bit of an edge, but the Falls, the way they play defense, you just never know. Well, defense, like you said, that that's the key. It, it's going to be in these big gyms because there's not. Sometimes there's not a lot of scoring. You know. Um, and could it, I mean, could you have a as, look at a scenario where a team is just not used to being pressed? I mean, has Fairport uh, been pressed before? They have, and their their guards are steady. But the the up tempo thing might bother them some. I think there's going to be it, funny you mentioned. I think that the pressure defense is going to make a lot of difference in some of these other games today too. 
Obviously, you can create turnovers that way. If you can create turnovers, plus you own the boards, you have a legitimate shot yeah. at winning that game. And you game. get teams out of their comfort level. Teams that are used to running an offense, a real traditional setup offense. Now that you got guys all over you, you're, you're going to have to like attack them back. And it kind of, they kind of force you to play faster than you want. And you have to be really ultra disciplined and have a plan to be able to, to succeed against them. Okay, what do we have next? Uh, NT. Okay, now the A game is North Tonawanda against Aranda Coit. Now NT is like the Cinderella team because nobody expected them to beat Williamsville South, and then when they beat Williamsville South, nobody expected them to beat Amherst, and they're legit. They have they have a really solid team. They play a lot of zone. They have a lot of guys with length, and they have maybe eight or nine deep. I mean, the great thing that Coach Mountain has done is he uses all his guys, and they're. You know, they play with a lot of poise. I mean, the thing that impressed me in both games was they really didn't seem to get rattled. And, and, you know, both, both games, they were, they came in as an underdog. And it was, you know, to their credit, at the end, you're looking, uh, they honestly deserved to win both games. It was no, it was no fluke. Now they're playing an Aronacoy team that is like 23 and one. And, uh, they're ranked either first or second in the state right now in class A. And I just saw Aronacoy Wednesday and they're, they, or Thursday, actually, because they had it's winded out Wednesday, and they have a really solid squad as well. They play great man-to-man defense. The one thing I will say in North Tonawanda's case is they played, uh, Rodicoy played Wayne on Thursday, and Wayne kind of shut him down for half playing his own defense. Then Rodicoy kind of figured it out, and they hit some threes, and they ended up winning by 20 at the end. So Rodicoy is definitely the favorite, but you just never know. North Tonawanda is riding a, a wave right now, and it could take them all the way. What would they need to do to, to win? I think they've got to – certainly they've got to – Score against their pressure defense. It's not full court pressure, but it's man to man, and they they get right in their face, and they're aggressive, and they switch really well. Their big guys are able to guard their guards. So if you're setting some kind of a ball screen or something, they just switch them, and and so they really don't get an advantage with screening. Uh, and defensively, they've got to they've got to keep their their best player, Aronikoy's uh, best player, is a guard named Zach Stangline, who shoots threes really well, and they have a pretty they have a pretty deep team as well. If they can keep them from making a bunch of outside shots, they have a chance. So that's what Wayne did for a half. You know, if they can do it for two halves, they have a shot. What about in bees? The bees going to be probably the most interesting game. I wouldn't have said that before, but uh, Minders is playing Health Sciences, and um, Minders I've seen quite a few times. I've seen Health Sciences a few times, and Minders played uh, early college in the semifinals of the bees, and Minders is also like twenty three and one. And Minders was winning by 29 points in the middle of the third quarter. And Health Sciences looked like they were just taking the night off. And all of a sudden, they got into some kind of full-court pressure where they got really aggressive on them, and the game totally flipped. And it went from 29 down, Health Sciences, to having a shot to win at the buzzer. And this was all in, like, maybe 11 minutes. So Whoa. so what it, what it told me is a team that can really press these guys could give them some trouble. So... That's what health science does. They 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 pressure coming off the bus. Basically, they're going to get <laughs> they're going to get in your face the whole game, and they're going to make you score on them. Now, the question is, I would say, you know, Minders is still a bit of a favorite, but have they learned anything from that lesson that they they almost lost to, to early college? And it's going to be a fascinating game because it's going to be two totally different styles of play, and whichever one wins out is going to win the game. How good is the guard play for Minders? That's good. It's solid. Because that, I think, was the difference in the East Aurora game. Uh, they were, uh, you know, especially when Owens went on the bench yep. for East Aurora, 
uh, that's when health science seemed to jump into the game and all that. Well, it's a, it's a Mike the Mike, the old Mike Tyson line is everyone's got a plan until they get hit, and <laughs> and and realistically, that's what health science does. They just throw people at you, throw people at you, and what they really did health science against East Aurora is they kind of wore them down in the second half. East Aurora had a really good plan and they got good shots, but eventually they're just not used to playing on that size court for that long, that fast. And that's what, what health sciences makes you do. They don't, they don't play with a whole lot of like structure or discipline or whatever. They have some really good players and really they like to play with disorder. You know, it almost so it, seems like it takes them a while to get warmed up because they get stronger as the game well, yeah, goes on and, instead of running out of yeah, gas. It sounds like organized chaos. It's organized chaos. I mean, organized helter skelter. Yeah, get yeah, your and, terms right, Anthony. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and that's exactly what it is. And if if they make it that kind of a game, miners could be in big trouble. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I like uh, health sciences uh, chances as good as any of the five classes, in my opinion. Really? Yes. All right, let's take a break. When we come okay. back, uh, we'll look at uh, the uh, the others, and uh, then we've got hockey to get into with Frank. Hopefully I won't talk to you guys for two weeks. I'm hopeful to be in uh, Hudson Valley next weekend. So good hopefully. morning, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rod. We'll talk to you uh, when you get back. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, more Inside High School Sports. We're back. One last segment of Inside High School Sports. Hey, Nate, what do we got coming up next? Just a little Sports Talk Saturday action. Going to talk some Bills free agency and a little Sabres disappointment. All right, maybe the Bills will go out and sign another fullback. What do you think? <laughs> hey, three's a uh, lucky number. Enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> Can never have enough fullbacks. All right, make sure you keep it locked right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, let's get into the C's, Earl. Okay, so we have an interesting game. North Star Christian and Chautauqua Lake. Um as with any team that's gotten this far, you're on like a big kind of winning streak as it is. Chautauqua Lake is one of the few teams that beat um, they beat Olean during the year, and they're coming they're coming in off a, a pretty big win, and they have two really good players, Devin Pope and Aaron Swan, who are their two of their captains, both guards. And North Tower Christian has a guard who is a sophomore whose name is Miles Brown, who's six six feet. And he's already scored a thousand points at his sophomore year. So both of the both both of those teams have have some really good guard play. As with the smaller schools, it usually that way. It should be a pretty up and down game. Both those teams like to score. You think evenly matched? Or? I think pretty evenly matched. I give the section five team a little bit of an advantage because they've played tougher teams. They played some city of Rochester teams, and they traditionally play a tougher schedule. Okay, but. I mean, if you if you've beaten Olean, you obviously are good enough to have a really chance, good sure. chance to win. Okay, let's take a look at D. And the D is really interesting. Now you have Franklinville and uh, and Charles Finney. Now I I know Charles Finney pretty well. I know Franklinville pretty well. Charles Finney, we have our point guard, who's a freshman, played at Finney last year, and I saw them lose to Panama in the regional game here. So they have the experience of having been there and almost almost made it. And they have a, a junior named Max Harris who just scored his thousandth point yesterday, and or in the last game, not yesterday. And uh, they both of these teams shoot a lot of three pointers. And Franklinville has three really good players that that kind of turned their season around. There, there's uh, uh, let's see, where, where are we? Here we go. There's. Uh, Sam Erickson, who is one of their captains, he's 6'4", very athletic. 
they have a shooter, Isaac Cop, who's had some. The Cop family is legendary in Franklin sure. for getting three pointers. And then they, during the season, they picked up Brock Bleach, a transfer from Fillmore, a very athletic six-two kid. So they're going to match up both teams pretty well. What's going to happen is both teams will shoot a lot of threes. Franklinville will play more traditional man-to-man defense, and Finney will probably go after Franklinville. They'll, they'll probably pressure full court. I know that's kind of their, their desired uh, way of playing, so it should be a real interesting game and, and a good first game, an entertaining one because there will be a lot of threes up in the air. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Fun game. Uh, now, in Monsignor Martin, what do we have left? Yeah, it's uh, St. Mary's. You know, we want to wish Coach Rath. Uh, good luck. They go to actually almost they were probably on the floor warming up. They're in Fordham University in the Bronx. They're playing LaSalle Academy from New York City. Okay, and uh, is Canisius uh... Canisius lost last week. Oh, it was last Unfortunately, week, Unfortunately, yeah. their, se- their season is finished. So the Monsignor Martin flag is being carried by the Lancers. All right, go get them, Lancers. Real quick, out of the six remaining teams from Western New York, who would you give the best chance to? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, as far as, like, winning this game... I'm I'm almost like Roger. I hate to say that, but uh, middle or um, health sciences may very well have the best chance today because of the way because of the way they're playing and the the, the style they're playing. I would say the the best chances for section five section six to win are probably the smaller classifications, the BCD. Excellent. All right, Frank, get us up to date on rugby. I mean, rugby on hockey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we did, of course, mention that all the games today for boys basketball were down at GCC because of the, the wind and, right. and all. So I know Joe Krause from NT is heading down there with Emily Watkins. They're covering the game. If you want to follow them, they're on Twitter. They're, they're with WNY. Um, Ken West had some signings this past week as part of news and notes. Hannah Galvin's going to Queens College for soccer. Ben Serrano, Kyla Plant are going to be playing baseball at Niagara University, D1. Uh Mama Flay, I can never pronounce this girl's name right, the soccer player, along with Joseph Patrick, uh, they're heading to Damon. Ariono Giardina is going to play football at ECC. Ellie Fumarelli is going to go play rugby for D1 Lindenwood University. And then Olivia Smith, uh, who holds pretty much every record at Kemmer West Grand Island Girls Hockey, she's heading to D3 Buff State. Christian Central Academy, they're looking for an athletic director, a varsity boys soccer coach, and basketball coach as well. Pioneer and Global Concepts are still looking for varsity softball coaches, according to the Section 6 website. Now, today, down at Harbor Center, you have four games uh, for the uh, New York State uh, Hockey High School Championships. Uh, four games today, and then the, champ- the winners will move on tomorrow and play Division One, Division Two. Last time I checked, um, it was Pelham 5 nothing over Brockport and the the uh, 9:30 game. That's a one versus five seed there, and uh, they will take uh, the winner of that game. Looks like Pelham will be taking on either Beekman Town or St. Lawrence. Now St. Lawrence was a 10 seed. Uh, they knocked off a three last weekend. They're taking on Beekman Town, a four seed, 11:45. I'm heading down there for that. In Division One, um, Section Six Lone Hope is Williamsville North. Uh, last week they defeated uh, West Jenny. 3-2 in overtime, so they're going to uh, face the number one seed, Mamoronic, uh, from Section 1. They won last year. Uh, they're looking to repeat. Last weekend, Griffin Green scored the game-winning overtime goal for North. Um, last year, uh, excuse me, the week before, um, uh, Bats had scored an overtime winner. Now, Will North has had leads twice late in their last two playoff games that they've surrendered the tying goal in the dying seconds. 
So hopefully today, and I talked to Coach Rosen last, uh, just yesterday, and that's obviously the biggest part of concern for them. But last week uh, it was a six-on-four power play when they had scored West Jenny, and then North got a power play in overtime, and that's how they were able to win the game. So hopefully today they won't need that. Uh, Memorandic, number one seed, and uh, rightfully so, but you know Will North definitely can beat this team. Uh, I, I don't think it would be an upset at all if Will North was to move on and to be playing on Sunday, but I know Will North, um, they had the band yesterday taking them around the school, and that was really neat. Uh, you can YouTube that or Facebook that. I know it's on our Facebook page, uh, Inside High School Sports. So it was a nice send-off for the Spartans. And, uh, you know, really, Western New York, we have to fill that Harbor Center. Uh, they Almost 2,000 people down there, I think they hold, or 3,000, whatever it is. If we can get 1,500 down there this weekend, especially for that Will North game this afternoon, that's going to really tell New York State that we can have high school hockey here on the on the big league on the big stage here. And Will North, uh, they support their hockey uh, they pretty did. well. They went down last week, a number of them uh, down to uh, Syracuse or Camillus, wherever the game was, and it was a very hostile environment for Will North. Um, and they came out and they won the game and and they I expected to be a hostile environment for Mamernick today, even though they are a repeat uh, Division One large school champion. Uh, West Seneca East failed last week; they couldn't get the job mm. done. They they had a lead, mm-hmm. they had a lead, but they lost in uh, the Division Two, so they won't be playing today. Um, but Coach Print did a phenomenal job with those kids this year. Um, Messina, a number ten team, uh, they play number three Pittsburgh following that uh, Will North game. And again, the winners will play tomorrow at three o'clock at Harbor Center, and it's going to be a great day for Western New York hockey in general. Showing off the Harbor Center, everything we have to offer down there. I know a number of media guys have come in that we've been talking to, and they're very impressed with what's going on down there. Of course, they had hosted it last year, and we have it again next year. But we really need to to fill up the Harbor Center and absolutely, show, you know, absolutely we have the, show support. It's yeah. good for the economy. It's good absolutely. to bring in all these outside teams, whether it's hockey. Uh, basketball, whatever, it's good for the area. Earl, thank you so much. And Frank and Roger, hopefully he's having a safe trip. Thank you, Nate Gary, for producing. We'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.